The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. The sitting MP for Karangamite, Libby Coker. Libby, thank you very much for coming down to to the the shelter shed this morning. It's really good to see you. It's beautiful to be here out in the shelter shed. What a lovely setting amongst the flowers and the greenery. I'd like to thank Donnie and Andrew for having us at the shelter shed. They run a beautiful business here and hope, and uh, Donnie's just delivered me a beautiful coffee and one of his homemade cookies. So <laughs> feeling good. Fantastic. And uh, it's a great summery atmosphere. We love the last program of the year from down here at the shelter shed, but also here in Queenscliff, we're in the real heart of Karangamide, aren't we? Especially the new boundaries. Yes, look, um, Queenscliff is really, uh, it is in the heart of uh, the Lee electorate and it is one of the places along the coast that's really struggling with uh, labour, high labour at the moment, where they're struggling in many parts of the electorate to find people to work in hospitality and retail. So I'm very pleased that Labor has announced that we will have free TAFE and university places, 20,000 university places, 460 places for TAFE, which will be focused on upgrading people's skills, getting young people uh, into work because they're going to have those skills that they need. So very proud of that. Hopefully that will help. Interesting, the Surf Coast has announced that they will have uh, people camping in backyards. That's pretty desperate. It shows how important it is that at a federal level we tackle this issue. It's not just in Karangamite, it's across the nation. Did that issue ever come up while you were on council down there in Surf Coast, the idea of having people in tents, or is that a relatively new concept? I think that's a very new concept. Uh, We didn't didn't, uh, approach that one. We did look at other options. Uh, Look, all the way along the coastline, we have empty houses. There's a lot of uh, folk who come down during holiday time but they're not permanent residents. And we did look at what we could do to use those, uh, to work with people to use those vacant homes, but it's a difficult one. It really is a difficult one to tackle, but the basis of skills and abilities and linking them in with business is, that's crucial, I think. On the labour shortages issue, it does seem like every business in the Geelong region, they've got to sign up on the door, you know, help wanted. Uh, even Donnie was telling us before about he's had a little bit of a, a problem getting staff here. But the thing is, a lot of the the positions that they're trying to fill don't necessarily need those TAFE qualifications. They're very important positions and they're skilled like needing to be a, a, a knowledge of knowing how to run coffee, but quite often they're positions that you can sort of relatively train for quickly. So how do we solve those problems? Why do you think it is? Is it international students? Is it something else that's going on? I think it has to do with the economy of, of um, supply and demand. At the moment, we have a lot of people who are they're wanting work but there's a lot of jobs out there so they've got choice so we do need to i think look at and i know some businesses are about salary and how do we actually attract more people so we have to support business we have to give incentives for business and support business but we also need to ensure that people have good paying conditions and we do know that wages are flatlining and they have been really for the past decade so uh it's 
to me, to actually see a rise in wage would be great. But we also, at the same time, need to ensure that businesses are able to keep their doors open, and that means staff. So it's it's a complex thing, but I think if a federal government puts in the right incentives, we can uh, do a whole lot better. Actually, it's funny you mentioned the issue of wages because I've looked at um, people's commentary online and they've said you know, they're maybe in the market for some of these positions, but if they go to the hospitality business and say, well, yes, I'm happy to work, but I want to be paid award wages, I want my penalty rates, um, suddenly the conversation turns very quickly. So it seems like compliance with the existing issues is a problem out there. Yeah, we do need people to comply. We have those rules exist for a reason. Uh, it is about um, paying people uh, reasonably well for the work they do but we also have problems further than just hospitality and retail uh, the care economy is so important as we age uh, and we have you know a lot of people we're, we're aging population we need to have uh, people to care for for those who are aging and whether that's in the home uh, or in aged care facilities and this is where we also have a real lack of uh, staff of, and wor of workers. So that's another area we need to work at. And that's where our uh, policy in relation to TAFE and university is going to help to qualify people to move into that sort of work and reasonably quickly. So reflecting on this year, because it is the last program for the year for us, how do you think we'll remember 2021? And I suppose the flip side of that, how do we feel going into 2022 and a very big year for you? Mm. Well, look, it has been, as a first-term MP, uh, quite challenging. Uh, I want to always be out supporting the community and how do we do that? So when COVID hit, it was about how do we connect with people, although we cannot do so face to face. So we we got a big army of volunteers and we rang people who we older people and we found that many people needed just company. Some people needed food parcels, others needed prescriptions to, delivered to them. There was a lot of need and so it was actually really humbling to be able to do that and connect them to agencies. Um, food relief was, was really important. So that was something that we did. We worked um, with the Commonwealth to look at JobKeeper, to look at supports for people uh, to help businesses get through. So that was a really crucial time. Uh, and now as we pull out, we have to uh, really focus on what's going to take our economy forward, what's going to take our environment forward, and what is going to give people security and confidence in the future. So um, really proud that uh, uh, Anthony Albanese came, has been down recently um, and we're looking at infrastructure. So we made a significant announcement, um, 125 million uh, to be put in the second stage of the Bowen Heads Road. That road is a crucial small arterial link that links the coast to Geelong right through the middle of Armstrong Creek. So it is, we've, we've really, uh, and I'm hoping that um, the uh, coalition match it, I think that would mean that it gives certainty to the community that that second stage will proceed. Uh, I know that the state's worked really hard uh, to get that money in place and we've got roadworks underway for the first stage now. So let's get it done quickly and uh, as quickly as we can and help people to get to work and home and sport as well as they can. Climate change, uh, looking to the future, we know that our region 
that the people of our region care greatly. So we've announced our commitment to uh, 43% uh, reduced emissions by 2030, which is uh, very important if we're going to reduce our emissions to zero by 2050. Uh, Part of that is looking at community batteries. It's about solar farms. It's about electric vehicles. Really pleased to say that, um, you know, electric vehicles will are here to stay and that they are not going to um, destroy your weekend. Um, the ute will still be able to tow your caravan on the weekend. Uh, these are <laughs> fallacies and uh, I think in place of that we need to really back in the electric vehicle which Labor has announced that we will be doing with incentives. Uh, we also want to upgrade the grid. The grid at the moment is antiquated and we need to ensure that people can have solar on their roof and they're not going to have to pay to put their excess energy back in. Instead, we're going to have a grid that will actually mean it, it can pump out energy, but it can also receive energy. So there's lots that we are doing, and it's going to create uh, in regional areas um, almost 600,000 jobs which is fantastic for regions. We have a great region that's going to embrace renewable energy. I know people want that. So the other thing is secure work. We want more people in secure work, less people in casual work. Casual work has its place, but we don't want to see Labor hire companies where you can be working in a job and you're being paid less, much less than the person standing next to you doing exactly the same job. The one other thing that I would like to talk about is manufacturing. We need to make more in Australia. We've got great policy on that. If we want to be a smart nation, we want to build employment and we want to work, uh, have people working in rewarding work. We need to invest in R&D. We need to invest in our universities in TAFE. We need to invest in young people's futures. And uh, so so I really, that's something I'm very supportive of. Um, and I suppose the, the, the one other point is um, affordable housing. In our region, we've seen housing costs skyrocket. Part of it is because uh, of the timber, lack of timber in the uh, construction industry. Huge crisis at the moment. I'd like to see the government do more. Uh, the federal government uh, did promise to to plant a billion trees in 2018. Now, we know trees take a long time to grow, but we still need to do that. We need to have a better plan to get more timber to the mill, more plantations on denuded farmland. What a great opportunity to uh, reduce our emissions and create timber plantations. We need R&D. Do you know CSIRO, the federal government, cut 20 positions, around 20 positions at CSIRO. And you know what they were working on? R&D to look at alternate products made from recycled plastics, timber fibres as an alternative to timber that can be used in construction. So, you know, we need a government with vision. The other thing is we need to ensure that young people can afford to buy a home and the prices are not skyrocketing. So while stimulus is great, we have to be aware that at the same time, it's actually bumping house prices up. We need to look at the big picture and we need to ensure that it does, construction doesn't slow with the crisis in the timber industry. And we need to look at how we work with 
groups like the master builders, their membership to be able to buy uh, timber bulk. And we also need to look at how we ensure that people in that industry, tradies, apprentices uh, and the, the father-son or father-daughter businesses, the small businesses, can still continue to work and have a timetable. At the moment, there's a few, quite a few slabs in Armstrong Creek. There's no frames going up because there's not the timber. And we need that to change because companies are going under uh, and we don't want to see that. So we need to have a positive lead into 2022 but we need a government with vision to make that happen. On the housing affordability aspect, the timber shortages and the, the building shortages are a big problem, but it would seem that housing affordability was already a challenge before mm. that point. So how do we address that? Because I'm getting a feeling that that's going to be a very big issue going into the election, particularly here in Karangamite as one of the fastest growing regions in Australia. That's what G21 keeps telling me. So with all these people moving down here and only a finite amount of properties, how do we make it more affordable? I think government has a role to play in this. Uh, we as Labor have acknowledged that the housing affordability and the lack of um, social housing as well is a big problem, as has G21. And we have said we will invest $10 billion into um, our housing affordability fund. Uh, we will be building um, thousands of homes across the electorate and across the nation to make sure that more people, particularly those in need, such as women, single mums, vulnerable to homelessness, they should be given an opportunity to have a roof over their head. So Labor's well aware of that and we've made a commitment, if elected, we will roll that, that fund out um, and the government at this point has not done so. I would love to see the federal government match that or even do better. Let's look after everyone as we move into 2022. And the other issue you raised in there is, of course, climate change. And it was something I think that Labor grappled with at the last election, um, having the aggressive target, but also the investment required to get there. So do we know what the investment is that is required to, to fund all those electric vehicle subsidies and to fund the uh, the batteries in order to get us to the point of being 43% uh, down on our 2005 emissions by 2030? Um, like one thing I would like to say is that, that investment in uh, climate change, it's not a cost, it is an investment. We all know that with it comes jobs, comes uh, improvements to the economy and, and importantly an environment that future generations uh, will be able to enjoy. So I do not see it as a cost, I see it as an investment and Albanese is will be um, announcing those costings very soon. We have got a very comprehensive plan underpinned by a, um, a, a business case and it is the most comprehensive by any opposition or government that has been done. So very confident that the figures are, are good and that it will mean that we can deliver on this uh, and in a very timely way. We need to get stuck into it. Young people deserve it. We know they've been out campaigning and I talk with them every day and it's a great thing that we have announced the 43% uh, target by 2030 in emissions reduction. And in terms of Anthony Albanese visiting, we've also had the Prime Minister visiting recently. So does it suggest that the both leaders have been down here, that Karangamite as a seat is very much in play and it's going to be a very tough a fight at the election? 
I'm always focused on the community, on how I can help. That's my focus, and it'll continue to be that. Elections come and elections go, but the needs of the community are always present. So whether it's the cost of childcare, making sure that we have affordable childcare, we've got a great policy around that, because if you can't uh, have a child well cared for and it's affordable, for women, it makes it very difficult to get back into the workforce. I know that myself, that's really important. We want women to be uh, treated well and we want respect at work. One other thing that we do need is a, a, we need a commission uh, into an, integ well, an integrity commission, anti-corruption commission that has teeth. And that's something that the federal government is uh, turning away from. And we know that the federal government, there are many issues that need to be addressed. One of them is robo-debt. Over $1.6 billion in debt that was, um, that the federal government said people owed. It actually has been proven that that was, that was illegal. It was, it was taken from people illegally. Robo-debt needs to be investigated. It's not, and it never has. No one's been held accountable for that. So we need to have a look at how do we actually do things better. Any politician should be held accountable. And we need an ICAC so that, with teeth, so that politicians are held, you know, can be held in high regard. And if there's something that needs to be investigated, it will be, it will be investigated. So I'm all for it. And unfortunately, it looks very unlikely that the federal government will actually introduce an ICAC before the next federal election. And just finally, um, very quickly, Senator Henderson was talking about the Hanwha deal yesterday and said if Labor was elected, that deal would be in jeopardy. Any truth to that? Do you support it? <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, look, we... I have spoken with Hanwha several times and given them a great deal of support because it's in my uh, region and uh, it is, it, if it means jobs for the region and it means investment in R&D and local manufacturing, why would we not support it? It is, um, it is an important investment and certainly Labor supports initiatives that involve local manufacturing, R&D, local jobs. All good. Well, thanks, Sabine. Whether it's just the campaign slow down over Christmas and New Year, or are you still going at full speed? I always feel like I'm going at full speed, <laughs> actually, Mitchell. But look, um, I would like to wish everyone, all your listeners, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. It's been a tough one. Uh, next year, they will be pulling out, hopefully. But look, it, there's always uh, a curveball ball on the horizon. We know that there are other strains uh, of the virus, and that's something that we need to really watch. I'd like to thank all the teachers, all those health workers who've been on the front line and helped helped us get through this. And I'd also like to wish all those VCE students, including my daughter, all the best for their VCE results. They're coming out in a couple of days and it's um, it's going to be it's a big. big day. Yeah. But just remember, there's always other pathways to your future. So, you know, be, be com confident and positive.
Yeah, fantastic. Thank you very much. I appreciate you coming on this year, not just this year, but also going back to 2014 and the Polworth campaign. That was a long time ago, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yes. Gee, so, that's harking back a little bit. <laughs> so it's been a great seven and a half years yeah. um, of you on the program. I appreciate it very much. Thank you very much, Mitchell. Thank Merry you. Merry Christmas. Uh, Libby Coker with us there, the sitting MP for Karangamont. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Or search for Mitchell's Front Page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you get your podcasts.